I already just put one down. What's up, Doc? I beg your pardon. We've got to stop meeting like this. I think you're making a mistake. You see, I just came in here for something for a headache. You're going to need an awful big glass of water to get that down. What? Oh, no, no. You see, I'm a musicologist. I was just testing this specimen for inherent tonal quality. Uh-huh. I have this theory about early man's musical relationship to igneous rock formations. Uh-huh. Oh, but I guess you're not really interested in igneous rock formations. Not as much as I am in the metamorphic or sedimentary rock categories. I mean, I can take your igneous rocks or leave them. I relate primarily to micas, quartz, feldspar. You can keep your pyroxenes, magnetites, and coarse grape plutonics as far as I'm concerned. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's the Dave Joskow Podcast on the month of September. A rather humid day in New York City, but a lovely day. Looking forward to the fall football season, the Mets in the playoffs. Oh, it's going to be a hell of a fall in New York City. Everybody knows, everybody loves Dave Joskow's favorite time of the year, fall in New York City. And we are live back at you. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody has the same problem when I do the voice. <laughs> We're live. We took a week off last week, and now we are live through New Year's. Do you have and to beyond. blow your nose or something? Why do I? Oh, because I'm coming through like nasally. No, that's the way. That's the way we were all taught to speak if we were going to be a DJ ever. And uh, a chilly Tuesday morning, 68 degrees, and uh, as my old Philadelphia DJ name, loose stools with you on a chilly Tuesday morning. Loose stools. How are you, ladies and gentlemen? Well, we got a hell of a show for you today. I got a lot to talk about. Uh, I was in Los Angeles last week, and uh, good times for everybody. Actually, as you know, if you heard the podcast last week, bad times for me, because everything I was supposed to do there fell apart, fell to pieces, but I found new things, new ideas, new concepts, and new people to hang around with, and one of them is here today. Please welcome my guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the absolutely beautiful... Lovely, extremely talented, and the most obnoxious person I've ever met in my life. Please welcome Jessica Pilot, everybody. Jessica Pilot. How are you, Jessica? Thank you for having me. I'll stop doing that voice now. I can't help myself while the music's playing. Yeah, I, I can't. No, I don't do it the whole time. Okay. It fools everybody. It's really funny. It's uh, it's funny to see yeah, people's I, I'm reactions. Yeah, I'm really at ease, and now I'm like... I'm, Marina I'm, did a spit take. She didn't expect it. I can't help myself. It's like, yeah, a, it's like my, Tourette's. I, um, I'm like pinching myself right now. <laughs> I didn't know this side of you. Well, it's a uh, geeky side that, uh, you know, in front of a microphone. Oh, it's wonderful. I must do. I can't help myself. Anyway, uh, yes, Jessica Pilot is with us. Let me tell you a little about Jessica Pilot. She's a New York City writer and producer. She's currently creating videos for The Village Voice entitled This Is Stand Up, which are quite good. I cannot mock them. Previously, she's written features for Vanity Fair, Glamour, The Huffington Post, Marie Claire, Black Book, and recently, The Daily News. Her TV production credits include PBS, National Geographic, MSNBC. Her profiles have featured Sarah Palin's family in Alaska. You've hung out with Sarah Palin. Her family. Unbelievable. The great Stevie Nicks. The best. A tattoo session with Kesha. This is so old. You're reading and even five. investigations into the business of meth labs, and oh, of course, everyone's cool. favorite, the hipster hooker. You can find out more about Jessica Pilot at jessicapilot.com, which features collections of her writings, videos, and press. You know, I realize I have to update my website. I didn't get that from your website. Oh, boy. I did it from years and years of experience 
of uh well listen your website i mean i talk about this with marina and rachel as far as their websites are concerned they haven't done a show since 2012 right wow I don't know what is it with you bitches. You don't keep up your website. It's not yeah, right. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta update that stuff. Well, what I do is I don't have a website at all, and it makes it a lot easier to, you know, keep it up to date. I, I think like my Instagram and my Twitter, like that's sort of like. Well, my... your Twitter is way up to date. I mean, you tweet more than anybody I know. You have a lot of followers, and you've been kind enough to tweet about this show in the past. And um, how did you get so many followers? Um, <laughs> how do you I don't do that? Know. I guess I. You just you're a fun guest. Um, you know, a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. I don't I know. Just, How uh, do you get followers? I don't know. You start tweeting. You start tweeting out things. Yeah, no, you're good about that. Good well, you're young. Content, you know. Content. Good viral content. Shareable content. It's true, and you know, I've always been fascinated by people like you that are good at that. And, but look at what you do. You come in. You immediately take a picture of yourself at the microphone at the thing. I mean, that's. You know, when I, I met with this publicist, she said, take some photos of everybody you have in Absolutely. the thing. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. You have to. She's not appreciating the oldness factor where I'm just too lazy to do anything. No, you have to. Putting this together is a real to-do. Well, I like your stuffed animal collection. I don't know what you're talking about. but <laughs> I know it's uh, funny. I show it to kids, you know, um, you know, because there's a picture with all the stuffed animals on the top of my couch with my cat in the middle and you don't know which is stuffed and which is real. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's a great studio. Yeah, thanks. Great studio <laughs> setup. I'm, I'm serious. Well, thank you. Well, this is my house, you know. Yeah. This is where I live. I, I made no bones about it. it it's, I know it, everybody knows I tape out of my apartment. Right. But um, I used to go to, you know, stand-up New York labs and then I moved here. And the funny thing is the sound is the sound quality is better because those guys are so high that... Um, they're this, actually high or like the building is high? No, they're high they're when they're drugs. engineering. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... I don't, you know, I try to, to wait until after the podcast. You know, these guys just like doing it during and you walk in and completely... I, I couldn't bring my mother in there one time. She's like, what the hell's that smell? I bought my kids and uh, my ne- nieces and nephews in for a reading. They're like, Uncle David, why does it smell like the art teacher's room? I'm just kidding. I got it from The Simpsons. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> so what are we going to talk about? Well, Do you I'll tell talk you. About Los Angeles. Oh, we're going to talk about Los Angeles, but um, I got to. I want to tell. Uh, I just want to tell you something about Jessica Pilot first before we get into your, you know, craziness. Um, first of all, the clip I played at the front. All right, I know you don't like when people say you bear a resemblance to Barbara Streisand. I know you don't like it. But the fact of the matter is, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, What's Up, Doc. But she is so hot in that. And, and, and the funny thing is, have you seen that movie? I don't think I have. You're, m- make sure you talk to the mic when, you know, whatever. I don't believe I have. What? No. <laughs> but, uh, but you're very much like her in that movie where you're very boy crazy. And she is, you know, just trying to get Ryan O'Neal even though he's, like, engaged and stuff. And she is just nonstop. And, you, you, you know, she's so gorgeous and really tan. You know, you're very tan. You have good hair. And the funny thing is, she's clearly really smart, as I played in that clip where, you know, he's into igneous rocks and she's just like, I'm more of a felspar person, but if you've got to take igneous at it, and the way she talks, it's just really smart. You're exactly like that. It is kind of funny. I know you don't appreciate the comparison. Why don't you like the comparison? Um, you don't like the way she looks? Or? I, 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 yeah, I've always been sort of self-conscious about my nose. 
I can understand that. I mean, I used to have a big nose too, and I um, I'm, I'm, I that came out the wrong way, but you know what I mean. I mean, I, I had my nose done. <laughs> I'm fine you know, with it, it now. I, I don't think so. I think that if I got a nose job, I would look like just your average girl from Long Island. That's right. Exactly. You look like Jennifer Grey, who just completely lost uh, any kind of interestingness that character. she ever had. You know, I have a space. Gap it's true. Teeth, right? Yeah. Gap teeth. Big nose. <laughs> well, it's funny. The way <laughs> you'd be describing yourself, people would be like, ooh. But um, she, I trust me, she is very, very attractive. And um, I only have attractive girls over here. I'm very lucky. And stuffed animals. Um, I got you, you know, Rachel. I feel very safe because of stuffed animals. That makes you feel safe? Yes. You know, in light of all the news about Jared and stuff, I would think maybe it might make you a little nervous. <laughs> but seriously, okay. um, it, so. Jessica's so smart, and she's one of these people, I mean, she annoys the hell out of me. I mean, I, I, I mean, I will tell you about my L.A. trip in a second, but she is so smart, and she writes you know articles and 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 you get angry well let me t- let me start from the the beginning where i went out to los angeles everybody knows i talked about it last week my plans you know sarah my best friend sarah silverman her mother died and i was going out there for her party and it got canceled but because of i got my hotel in priceline i had no choice to go out so i went out there and Do you want uh, me to say something to william shatner about that cuz you know i interviewed him and he's he owns priceline like he's involved he he has a, a stake in it. I mean, yes. I know he's on the commercials, but yeah, he actually yeah, has he a. Yes. How do you so like that? So if you want, maybe we can get him on the show next time. Well, anyway, first on. of all, I would like to have William Shatner on the show anytime, anyway. And if you could arrange that, that would be a real unbelievable thing for me all because right. I'm a huge Star Trek. I didn't person. mean to interrupt, but no, you didn't interrupt. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I mean, having the captain of the Enterprise. I think that'd be funny. I think that I, there's a way to finagle him to uh, come to the studio. Come to the studio, that would be even better. I mean, I mean, I'm a nerd, and I, you know, I mean, that's that that's all right. Relax, yikes. continue. It's just I've been trying to show people. Um, I try and turn people on to that the one particular Star Trek episode, "The City on the Edge of Forever," which is my favorite episode. And of course, you know, he's amazing in it. And um, are you telling me to ra- wrap it up? I'm what, telling what's you that. The I, you? I apologize for um, interrupting. You don't have to apologize. Don't worry about it. Interrupting is important because I. We'll talk the entire time and probably not let you speak. So the only way is going to get a word in is to interrupt. So I saw you in L.A. because we went to Marina Franklin's uh, Conan taping. Well, that was Monday. Now, let me just say, see, now on Thursday, I got there. And I'm trying to make plans for myself. And I'm trying to do things that, um, you know, I might normally do. Now, the thing is, I'm saying to myself, maybe it's good that Sarah's gone because a lot of times she kind of strongholds me where I can't leave her side. And not so much because she forces me to, but because um, the last time that happened, and I don't, know, I don't think I told this last week, but the last time that I said I'm going to go drinking with my friends, and she's like, "You don't want to just, you know, come up, get high, and watch TV or something." I'm like, "No, I'm going to go out drinking with my friends, like a man, because uh, you know you're not my girlfriend, and I don't have to listen to anything you say." So. I think I told you that David Tell has this legendary joke where he's like, how come everything always happens five minutes after you left? You know, five minutes after you left. Some of your friend always goes, should have hung out, man. Yeah, one of my favorites. Should have hung out, man. Five minutes after you left, the party van came down with uh, midgets and balloons. The mobile. Well, whatever it is. Came in with midgets, balloons, and strippers. (laughs) You missed it, you know. And um, That's pretty much what happened to me the last time I tried to go out on my own. 
The next day she called me. She goes, oh, my God, last night. I was like, what are you talking about? Last night you went home and you just watched TV. She's like, I know, but I got a call from Lindsay Lohan's girlfriend. And she was like, Sarah, can you come down and bring, like, one of your guy friends with you? Because Lindsay's going crazy and we need some help. And, you know, my mouth is wide open at this point. And she goes, yeah, it was so weird. So I brought Tall John with me. And, you know, we were just trying to, like, keep her calm. And then she kept trying to make out with Tall John. And I'm like, my mouth is like... You know, no, just silence, you know. Oh, my mouth is wide open. This, wait, I'm positive she's telling a lie and just trying to make me feel bad for leaving. But then I read it in the paper the next day. So that's not, God damn it. So now I'm afraid to leave her side all the time. I'm going to miss out on something big. Gonna I'm going to miss out making out with Lindsay Lohan because that's what all I want to do because she's way hot. And that could have happened. So anyway, this episode I freed is up. dedicated is um, to Miss Lindsay Lohan. The what? We should tweet at her. Maybe you should tweet at her. Start a campaign. You know the the last time, and this is true. You know, because she was living in Cyrus Building. So the last time, or two two years ago, or maybe I don't know, it could have been three years ago. We were up on a roof. We were planning the party, and Lindsay was up there. Her, you know, she was just got back from jail, and That's two days hot, before, right? it's way hot. And two days before, we saw her mother tanning herself up on the roof while her daughter was in jail. And we knew something was wrong. I mean, you know something's wrong with their parents anyway. I mean, you can't even blame Lindsay Lohan. I mean, if there's one person, one child actor that you're not going to blame for being completely insane, it would have to be Lindsay Lohan. Like, everyone knows her parents are crazy and really bad at being parents. So, anyway, she comes back. So, do you want to be her daddy? What's the matter with you? <laughs> yes. Um... So she comes back from jail, and I'm about to go to jail, which is a whole other story. When I get back to New York, I have to turn myself in for something I, I did. And I saw her, and what I'm like, oh, do? my God, what do you – you're out from jail. I have to actually – you know, which is like, why would I even mention that? But I'm like, I have to go on Thursday. And then she goes to say, she's like, he's kidding. And she goes, no, he's not kidding. <laughs> so we completely bonded, you know, over prison stories. Oh, my God. But she went to the L.A. I mean, that's nothing. You know, I went to the tombs down here. I mean, that's something. You know, I want to hear everything. Oh. Was this on Some a other prior um, episode? Did I miss it? No, I don't think I've ever told the story. I don't like to talk about it sometimes, so um, maybe <laughs> another time. But uh, anyway, uh, that uh, all being said, I love Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> but anyway, Thursday, I met my friend Sharon Houston. Do you know her? I don't. She's a comedian, and she's been performing for years. She's really pretty. She's really tiny. She's like 4'10". No, 4'11", because she said if she was one inch shorter... she No, she's not. She's not. She said if she was one inch shorter, she'd be considered a midget by SAG standards. Little person. Yeah, midget. That's what I said. Wait, I said a midget, didn't I? I don't understand what's happening here. What? Continue. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? I was thinking... <laughs> wait, what was I... Uh, oh, crap. What was it? I was just saying it the other day. Something about... Something was called... Ah! Uh, I remember it was something that you actually use. It's called a midget thing, and it's not a bad term. What is it? Damn it. And, like, uh, I was wondering if they were going to change it because, oh, I can't remember. I was at the track on Saturday, and I remember there was something midgety about it. Not the jockeys, <laughs> but uh, look at me. I go to jail. I'm at the track. What the yeah. hell kind of life am I leading? Anyway, so. Um, were you sad when OTB closed? No, I was glad. That place is disgusting. And even though I made, you know, a couple bets a year in there, like probably three times a year I'd go in there. I mean, it was disgusting in there and I hated myself. It was like, um, 
you know, like when you have sex with somebody you just really just don't want to be with and then you finish and then you're like, I feel like a, I just So OTB was like a bad boyfriend that yeah, you kept yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got it. Yeah. It was disgusting. Yeah. You ever go in one of those? Yeah, I kind of like it. The you liked it? I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I also like scratch offs. Like oh no, me too. Me too. No, yeah. listen, I love gambling. Everybody knows it, you know. But uh, those OTPs are they're smelly I like and it. gross. You smoke in there. I like it. it was you could have? Yeah, yeah. Well, you must have been going in there when you were like twelve. Twelve. Yeah, yeah exactly. good. you grew up in Manhattan, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you were going in there really early on. Yeah. Would your parents bring you in there? Or you just go in yourself. No, I just or wander in there. <laughs> just wander to Times Square. Where did you grow up? What what neighborhood in the city? Um, downtown, East Village area. You grew up in the East Village. Yeah, like and then on. Um, so you were 18th, growing up and then uh, near Stuyvesant Town, uh, for a good chunk of time. Is it by that friend seminary that yeah. d- d- school over there? Okay, well that's nice over there. Yeah, that wasn't. That's not. I wouldn't. Would you call that the East Village or Ish. at that time? Maybe now, maybe, but. Back when you were twelve, it wasn't really it wasn't, considered that. But it that, wasn't that really then, Gramercy right. either. Yeah, right, right. It's right because in it's between. By that, yeah. you know, Bellevue and Beth Israel and like you know, yeah. like the mental yeah. ward. So it's not like nice. Well, it's not horrible. It's I mean, you know, I can think of worse places like 125th Street, where they that's do. That's actually quite nice. The Ethiopian Shimshan. Oh boy. <laughs> it is quite nice. Uh, well, now it's better. It's better. Although I was trying to take my car for servicing, and they're like, oh, we moved to 127th Street. And I'm like, well, I'm out. And she's like, everybody's been saying that. You know, it's a, it's a Manhattan car dealership. You know, nobody wants to go up to 125th Street to get their car serviced. What, do you think that's racist? You're, the way you're looking at me, it's not. It's not. Because if you're as old as me, your mind goes back to just 1982. I, I can't walk down 42nd Street between 7th and 8th Avenue because in, in my head... It is still 1977, where it was disgusting and scary and, you know, just, just gross. I still get nervous walking down that block, and now it's completely Disney-fied and beautiful. Have, um, post-traumatic stress? Yeah, pretty much. It was terrifying there. This was before you were born. <laughs> well, it was terrifying uh, in the East Village when I yeah. was a kid. No, I don't know. You're a tough kid. You're yeah. a tough kid. That's what made you a hard-nosed reporter. And that's the other the thing. Hard-nosed reporter All right, with a big nose. Let's just get to it. Let's just get to it. Right. With a sexy Monday, big nose. Jessica and I uh, accompanied our friend, Marina Franklin, to the Conan O'Brien show, where she was performing as a stand-up comedian. And she was fantastic. She was fantastic. Uh, let's play a little of her set. My last boyfriend was white. Uh, that's something we're doing. Okay. <laughs> He had never been around black people. That happens. We're not everywhere. We're not. I go places and I ask, are we here? Nothing comes back. Like I did a show one time. We weren't at that show. And so I asked that question. I was like, are there black people here? And this woman's answer was great. She was like, oh. They are all over the place. <laughs> that is not how you answer that question. Yeah, she was really good. You know, I we've had. She was great. She was great. She really took her time. That's the thing, and that's the fascinating. That's a professional comedian, you know, and she's been on the show before, and and people really like her. I mean, first of all, you and I, we both really we love, love her a lot, her. and um, that's the thing. A lot of you know. Uh, 
I watch America's Got Talent, which I hate, and I can't wait not to watch it anymore because uh, I only watch it because Howard's on, and when he's Howard Stern, when he's on the air, he's talking about what's happened, and I miss a lot, so I have to watch it, right? But it takes two hours out of my life every day where I could be watching, you know, Dog with a Blog. So, um, <laughs> hello? Uh, is this on? Um, so there was a guy, a comedian, uh, Mike, his name is Mike Kaplan, M-Y-K Kaplan. Yeah, yeah. You, you know him at yeah. all? Oh, you didn't. You know him? Yeah. Is he a New York guy? Yeah. Oh, well, interesting. Are you, I mean, are you friendly with him? Uh, friendly, yeah. Have you talked to him since the show? No. Oh well, and you went uh, last year when Natterman was on, right? Yes. You went to the. Oh my God! You went. Oh, how interesting! You went with the manager of of uh, the comedy show, Steve uh, Fabricant. Is that yeah. your phone? I asked you no. to turn it off. Well, it's not mine. What did I say? Oh I said, please God. don't. What's the matter with you? You're like, oh, I yes, I did it. You're such a liar. It's unbelievable. I Why had, do you always lie? We'll get to no. your lying in oh, a second. Okay. Anyway, now. So we're talking about Natterman. We're, we're talking about last year being it. Last year, you went with yeah. uh, Steve Fabricant to the show where Natterman had a meltdown. And because uh, Steve said, he's like, should I come over? He goes, it's, it's, uh, it, no, don't come by. It's horrible. He's a mess because he, he blew it. Um, I don't think it was his fault. Well, of course it's his fault. He, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it is. But here's the thing. Um, I think he did well. He did okay, but he didn't go to, he kicked it. He killed it the first couple times, you right. know, and then, I don't know what happened. I don't know why he doesn't have, um, you know, a good 10 minutes of awesome material at this point. You know, he's only doing a minute and a half. And he couldn't get by. And I told him the night before that happened, he called me because he knew I was watching the show. You know, and I said, where you went wrong is that for a comedian, it, it's a pretty good deal because you can continue being funny when you're talking to the judges. And he wasn't doing any of that. And unfortunately, I got to him too late. I should have said more of that. First of all, you know, tell Heidi Klum, uh, no offense, I couldn't care less what a German... Nazi thinks about comedy. I'd wish one of the comics would just punch her in the face and say, "What? What? It, it, I couldn't care less what a fucking German thinks about stand-up comedy." You know, she hates all the comics. So why anybody would care uh, wouldn't matter. And I think, and then just start chanting USA, and I think people will rally around you. But you can still be funny. Tom Cotter did it. That other idiot uh, Taylor or something or other, he did it, and he's horrible. But he was very smart. And he was very smart in how he, you know, got to second place and the way he did things and the way he had this thing with Heidi. It was very, very smart. And Natterman didn't do any of that when they were saying, I really liked your material or I didn't. He could have just been like saying something, but he would be like, OK, OK. You know, when you're a comic, you have the luxury of continuing to be funny. You know what I'm saying? Right. But he didn't do any of that and he waited to the last minute and then he, he didn't do it and he didn't do well. So this Mike Kaplan... Uh, who I liked a lot, did exactly, and I get he was it. He's a really good joke writer. I like his. It, he was excellent. I thought I really wanted him to go far, and I thought he was really good. I don't know him at all, but I thought he was really good stand-up comic. Uh, clearly a good joke writer, but he was nervous, and he plowed through. And I'm totally guilty of this. Went way too fast, and just rattled through the jokes until he calmed down. Where then he got the last three jokes out perfectly. But you can see, because I am completely guilty, and people tell me this. They're like, are you doing a character up there? Because I right. talk like the way I'm talking You're right now. Speedy, and I talk right, very yeah, speedy. very speedy. I've seen you do that. You've seen me do it, right. Yes. And it's like part like that's the character, but then it's clearly I'm nervous. 
also, you know, but I can say I've it's a character. I've seen a lot of comics do that, and that's why Marina really It was amazing. Out. People say to me, as slow as you think you're going, go slower. And if you're going to be on television and, you know, you there's a definite disconnect with the audience and the way they are located and all that kind of stuff, she did it just the right way. You're absolutely right. Uh, it's a real pro to do it that way and not look like you're doing it that slow. Because when we were there, to it just seemed the like room, a normal. You know totally I mean? own the room, yeah. You're absolutely right. She was really wonderful. Here's um, uh, some more of her stuff that was great and even had uh, Conan like uh, up and laughing. But yeah, he hadn't had the experience and so it was a fun relationship like culture, culturally like I would catch him sometimes like just staring like at my hair. <laughs> you know, just looking. Like he never really dealt with it. He just look. <laughs> so I told him one time I said, touch that shit. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> I said, put your hands in it. He's like, mm-mm. <laughs> One time he just patted. <laughs> he patted my fro. And he reshaped it. And I was looking like Frederick Douglass that day. <laughs> All right, good. Some of you need to Google who Frederick Douglass is. Uh, just a hint. Not a rapper. <laughs> yeah, listen to those genuine laughs. You know, sometimes I play these uh, sitcoms where they clearly have just a you know canned track. laughter, and no. we were there, and we heard the laughs, and it definitely wasn't sweet because there was like two hours later, and um, she was wonderful. I mean, really, really great, and uh, really proud of her, and happy for her. And you know, it's funny about her. I like her comedy because. You know, as racist as it may sound, you know, when, with black comics, a lot of times they only use the their vernacular, their, you know, the way they talk, you know, what's happening, you know, that that's funny and the jokes aren't there. Um, you know, we know a lot of people that are guilty of that kind of stuff down at the Comedy Cellar, perhaps, even though they're they're funny as hell. But, you know, when you look at them, you know, if you're listening to them like this, I'm like, well, what was actually funny about that except the way he said it? I think a lot of people just do that. But I like the way she talks because sometimes she works. She gets it. She is making fun of the other people that do that sometimes when she's like, you know, when the, the way she talks and stuff. She has it kind of perfect. And, um, you know, I like the mix because we were to talk about like well, you. I know you say you loathe comedy or you hate it, but and you like to make fun. But you really love stand-up comedy. I don't care what you say. I mean, you you fucking live it. You know, like you you just, you just want to be in it. You want to be sucked around it. I mean, I don't know why you like it so much. Why do you like it so much? I don't know. Um, no, that's not. True. I know you like to make fun of it as well, and so does everybody who's in it likes to. But see, for me, most comics take Sam Morell for instance, who is a a, a very good up-and-coming stand-up comic who you have really done amazing things for you did a wonderful piece for the village voice which is called this is stand-up right right but i'm just saying this one particular one you did one uh, one with colin stuff like that and you're doing these video pieces and it's really funny because you are a nut job but you really come together you're so smart you remind me of uh, i tell people you remind me of that girl from the girl with the dragon tattoo which is obviously i think i should take that as a compliment it's a complete compliment you remind me of lisbeth who is, you know, a, a complete crazy person, but very brilliant at hacking skills, <laughs> very intelligent at, you know, writing and computers and, and stuff, you know, and she, she just knows stuff that other people don't. I always say to people, I'm like, you got to understand, Jessica knows stuff other people don't. Be afraid, you know, like, dude, make sure you don't get her angry. 
because she will destroy you. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you have interesting skills. But um, it's funny because then you put this really excellent piece together where you showed uh, Sam Morell how he wrote kind of a joke and then kept trying it out at a different clubs in one night until it worked. I actually um, uh, have a little clip of it. Oh. Never see a female mass shooter. I haven't seen that. Um, don't see that. It's usually a dude. Right? Women, they'll like murder their boyfriend or their husband, but they will not kill a stranger. <laughs> I think men and women kill the way they love, right? Men are like, I will kill anything. <laughs> and women are like, I gotta get to know you first. So. <laughs> All right, well, I'm wasting good jokes. I'm pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I've seen Sam really grow as a comic even since the time we shot that video it's amazing to look back i mean when we did that video he you know he was at the cellar every night he was doing you know and he still is you know doing shows three shows four shows a night but now he's got his half hour now he's on he was on last comic standing he's on the schumer show you know he's on last comic standing this season coming up yeah he's oh on. did he do well is he still on I don't We're not allowed to say, or I don't, I don't. I can't watch that show; it's unwatchable for me. Here's how it's the a uh, hard, it's a hard show. Here's how the joke uh, played out that very same night at it at the Comedy Cellar. <laughs> never see a uh, female magician. I've never seen a female mass shooter. For some reason, that's always a guy, right? A woman will murder her husband or her boyfriend, but she will not kill a stranger. I think men and women kill the way they love. Men are like, I will kill anything. <laughs> And women are like, I gotta get to know you first. <laughs> Same night. Interesting. He just kind of uh, worked it out. And it's very, that's an interesting uh, way of, uh, you know, comedy. It was interesting think, that you did that piece. I think most people, um, thank you. I think most people don't realize that comics have to tell the same jokes for years. Oh, it's true. Sometimes I'm, we. Unless you know, you're David Tell, who has 20 minutes of new material every time we see him, you know, because he's afraid of that, he's embarrassed. Right. I mean, some comics will throw away jokes after a year or... Yeah. No, that's the funny thing about stand-up comedy, which a lot of people don't realize, is you got to do the same thing every night and make it look like you're just coming up with it for the first time. It's like one of the hardest things that there is to do. But what I was saying about Sam is that Sam is a really good stand-up comic, but... It's, he's not doing anything we haven't seen before in stand-up comedy. You know, he's still talking about relationships. And he's still, it's like, you know, it's like, it's not his fault. It's just like there's a lot of people out there that, you know, he's a good joke writer and he's an he's interesting guy and he's fun on stage. He's a wordsmith. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys like that. So it's just like, for me, I always remember, um, you know, that's why when I started doing it, I was like, I knew I was going to do imitations, which are lame, but I was trying to do different ones that nobody's ever done before. Cause I thought it was because I like it, like a tell. That's why we're friends. Probably we were very uptight. We would play to the other comics. We were never thinking about anybody else. So that's why he's so worried all the time. He's at the cellar every night. He's like, if he doesn't come up with 20 minutes of new material, all the other comics are going to think he's lame and that, and it bothers him. And he used to bother me too. So it was like, I want to, you know, so that's why I started doing, you know, ridiculous, you know, James Spader or something because nobody was doing that. Everybody was doing Jack Nicholson or Sylvester Stallone. And, you know, I was just trying to make make it different because, you know, it's like how many times can you talk about relationships unless you're a character like Attell or Sarah who are like these characters 
as well. But Sam is just a regular dude, you know. It's like it's difficult for him. It's difficult for a lot of white guys have problems. Well, it's uh, an you know, issue that I have. Recognized is where I, I feel like uh, stand up is like a little oversaturated right now, where everyone feels like they can, they should do stand up. And I have a strange respect for the art form, where I feel like no, do not. Yeah. No. Well, you, you are one of those people that... You don't that... need to do stand-up unless you need to, or it's in your gut, you know what I mean? If you have to say something. Otherwise, just talk to your friends. Talk to a fucking therapist. You know? I'm in full agreement. I mean, there's just too many people. And it's funny, when I first started, you know, people like, uh, you know, what is everybody a stand-up comedian? You know, you'd have that line. But then, like, once it started getting on television a lot, like with, you know, Evening at the Improv and Caroline's Comedy Hour and all those shows, it got very saturated really quickly. You know, whereas you would basically, when I was growing up, you'd see one comic on the Merv Griffin show. In fact, I'll never forget my my grandfather years ago, he goes, hey, there's going to be a, a new kind of comedy on the Merv Griffin show. And I rem- I'll never forget. Now that I, you know, once I got into comedy, I realized later it was this this comic that everybody makes fun of called Kippadada. Do you know who that is? Because I know yeah. sometimes you know your history of comedy. So Uh-oh. he's a horrible comic, but uh, you know he was kind of a legend in just a way that he was a working comic. He was an idiot, you know. <laughs> so my grandfather said it was going to be a new kind of comedy. I remember he did this bit where he was like talking, moving his mouth, but just going. Ahh. You, you can see it's a visual more thing and I was like oh my god this is amazing what a new brand of comedy this is you know but years later I figured out that my grandfather got it wrong he just said there's going to be a new comic named Kipadada who's going to join us it's not a new kind of comedy I thought we were seeing something so unbelievable like a new way of doing comedy he got it wrong so you know in my head I was like oh my god this guy Kipadada and then I remember hearing about him more and just people making fun of him in fact um they make fun of on the Larry Sanders show because he's like, "What are you talking about? I'm Kipadada." You know, like he's like, like they. It was a joke. Love what do you Larry want us Sanders to do? Get Kipadada? Now I want to look him up. Yeah, oh, yeah, you can got you play, to because it's. Can uh, you play a clip? No, because I wasn't planning on talking about this. It just came out of nowhere. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's you know it's it's hard to find really good people, and it's funny that Sam's making a name for himself because he is just an ordinary white guy with really no other new information but he still could do a complete hour and he would make me laugh out loud and he's a good man and we both know him really well and in fact he's the reason I have this podcast really yeah he was the one I started on his show and then he was kind enough to put an award to the guys at Stand Up New York and um, I got my own show thanks to Sam Morrell that's sweet so there it is uh, now let's just talk about what happened uh, so and here what I wanted to say was that when we were at Conan, uh, we met Jeff Goldblum. Now, I called him into the room because I had met him previously at a at a you know when I saw him at a play on Broadway, and we talked backstage for a little bit. So I, you know, I bring that back because I was telling people on the show about these three schmooze geniuses that I know, and I'm going to try and incorporate their moves, you know, by doing that, you know, like where I'm just going to go up to people, I'm going to have the one connection, and I'm going to make it work, and then I brought him in and I introduced him to you and Marine and stuff. And um, it was really funny because he thought I was going on. He's right. like, oh, what, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, what? the hell are you talking to? No, the colored girl's going on in the bathroom over there. He did say colored yeah, girl. I can't help myself. I find yeah, it, it really funny. Yeah. Um, so that anyway. That you being racist. He did say that. He also was trying to guess. Um, uh, he, 
who I it was he's playing he's he was trying to guess who, who you look like who I look like well yeah. he guessed that I look like I mean he guess he goes you know who you look like I'm like Nicolas Cage remember that I kept doing I'm like yes. yeah I guess so I gotta tell oh, you God. you're like my favorite actor <laughs> and I love acting um <laughs> so that was kind of fun but he was an interesting dude I mean interesting is the word and you know he is a he's the perfect got a word. career but now I introduced you as a reporter. Oh, I got so Now, mad. why does that make you angry? Because for me, that's all I... I mean, that is a dream come true to be known as a reporter. And I'm fascinated by you being a reporter. When you told me you got a job at the Daily News before your boss raped you... Um, oh, you take that back. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I was amazed. You're a reporter. I mean, I know you're. you're I mean, look at the the articles. It's fascinating Can we to just me. Like, uh, clarify, I was not raped. That was a terrible joke. I wasn't making a joke. Continue. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. Okay, it wasn't actual rape, but uh, certainly, you know, there's stuff going on. Jessica, nobody listens to this podcast. You don't have to worry. You know, this isn't the Mark Maron's podcast, so don't worry. <laughs> anyway, this, I'm fascinated. Like this. Take this article, British groom is set wedding hall of blaze gets six years in jail. Now, this is the kind of stuff I read in the post every day. And you, I'm just going to read it. There's nothing weird about it or anything, but I'm fascinated because you know how to write like a real writer. And that fascinates me because I can't. So you're like a hot-headed British groom who got so angry about his wedding bar tab that he set the venue on fire will have six years to cool off in jail. Max K, 37, a father of four from Liverpool, was sentenced Wednesday for the arson that inflicted 8.5 million of damage. Yes, maybe it's a little boring, but I'm fascinated because it's written like I would read somebody, you know, I read the post every day. Everybody knows that's on the show. And I would read this like I'd be reading an article and, you know, you never think about the correct way to write. And the only reason I bring it up is because many years ago I used to write for Maxim Magazine. I've told you that before, I think. Right. So I would. The only reason I was ever able to write for a magazine was because the magazines got dumb, and they dumbed down. When I was in college, my professors were so angry at the way that I write and my English format that I'd get C's and D's all the time because I just couldn't get it right. And they're like, "Someday you're going to need this." And I'm like, "Grow up, jerk off! I'm not writing for the National Review." But then it turned out, God, I wish I could write for the National Review, you know, or something like that. But um, I ended up writing for Maxim because then I was able to write like I speak. So even when I write for the Huffington Post, it's me talking. You Are know, you still it's, writing for them? Um, I only write during this time of the year, so I guess I will again. Uh, thank you for that. You you hooked me up with that, and I appreciate that because it's really fun to uh, – it's very exciting for me. You know, I have my reporter um, picture, you know, that my yeah, back my book yeah. cover picture that I use, uh, you know, which is very exciting for me. That Being a exciting. reporter for me is very exciting. And going down to Washington, D.C., and even though the topic was how to pick up girls, the Holocaust Museum, still it was a travel piece, and I had to interview people, and I had a little pad, and I was very excited well, about being a reporter. I don't know why I get so defensive. I don't know why I got so upset, because I guess now I'm a producer, and I'm a writer. Well, and, that's true. Well, I was just saying... And I, so, like, reporter, I always... I, I don't know why there's... But Jeff there's Goldblum just, meets producers and writers every day, so I thought the best most interesting way to introduce you would be something that he doesn't see every day. Right. That was my thought. And I'm completely fascinated by your reporting skills. And just let me finish that. So when I was writing for this, um, I knew the girl who worked for Backstage West. This is, uh, you know, a theatrical magazine where you'd find about auditions and stuff like that. And she was the publisher, the, the head publisher of Backstage West. And she goes... Um, 
hey, maybe you can help us. You know about musical theater, <laughs> and nobody in Los Angeles knows about musical theater. Do you know this guy, Douglas Sills? And, and she goes, do you know the guy who's acting in The Scarlet Pimpernel? I'm like, Douglas Sills? And she goes, okay, the fact that you know his name means you're the perfect person for the job. Would yeah. you mind doing an interview with him? I'm like, I would love to do an interview with him. You're almost you know, singing. A, you're like... Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a Broadway star. For me, I know nobody in Los Angeles knows. I know nobody in New York knows who Douglas Sills is. You know, like, I was so angry because I thought he was so fantastic in this one play that nobody even knows. When did you get so interested in musical theater? Um, I Since I was a kid, I don't know, my parents hooked it up. You know, my dad was even into it. Like, he was so angry for me not playing football, and yet he was angry if I didn't audition for a show properly. So... I, you know, back then, I think the, you know, fam, it, mu- being musical theater wasn't gay. You know, it's like like Sinatra. Well, I used to sing my bunkmates to sleep, and it wasn't considered gay, <laughs> like in camp, right. now, because it was like Sinatra. Watching, and now look at you, you're watching gay porn. Now it's just, well, that's what I have in my refrigerator, yes, but, uh, <laughs> but now everything is considered gay. Like, when my sister tells my nieces about my bar mitzvah and how my colors were red and yellow and I had musical notes on the table, my nieces are just like, was Uncle David gay at the time? Like, is he not gay now? <laughs> and they're like, no, it just wasn't considered gay. And I, I, I've talked about this before. I've sang, I sang at my bar mitzvah. The worst song that anybody could sing. Pardon me, miss, but I've oh never done God. this with a real live girl. My father made I'm me guess sing that it. You didn't like, get laid that night. No, I got laid by a boy. No, uh, no, I, I did not get laid. Uh, you know, it would have changed everything if I had gotten laid when I was thirteen. I don't mind telling you, but um, no, they they loved it. People were like, "That's the best bar mitzvah I've ever been to," because nobody else sang. And I told you, I was taking tap and oh, ballet. I would have been friends, but I it wasn't. Yeah, but I'm a boy. You I would have been doing, friends. We would have been friends. Maybe, but I'm just saying it just wasn't. Nobody ever called me gay. It's weird. <laughs> like it should now. It'd be like, what's the matter with that kid? But um, so you weren't bullied. Everyone no, never. You. Not not because of that. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I was never really bullied. I was, um, you know, was, that's what's so sad about my life. People are like, this kid's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. You know, and then I end up in gay porn. You know, like I mean, it's just like this kid's gonna make it. It's gonna. I'm telling you, this guy's gonna. He's gonna be big. He's gonna be big. You know, and then to, um, you know, to end up having a podcast in my house is rather sad. But, uh, you know, I think that's why Sarah and Attell always liked me because they always thought of me as more of a song and dance guy. They're like, Attell still is convinced, we, me and Marina were talking about this, that I, oh, he's a, he's a great singer. He's a good, just because an amazing singer, you know, like um, yeah. he always has me come up and sing at the cellar or something like that. And, but anyway, uh, the point is, I was introducing, introducing, uh, interviewing this guy, Douglas Sills, and we had a Q&A. The first two paragraphs of this article in just a stupid magazine, Backstage West, had to be written like you write for the Daily News. Well, Douglas Sills, first, uh, you might know not, you know, something like, you know, you have to do it in a complete reporting newspaper style. They sent it back to me four different times, red marks all over the place. And then the girl finally said, I don't know how you got the job for Maxim but it's a fucking miracle. Like, she was so angry because I couldn't write these two paragraphs like a normal reporter. Right. Or, you know, it's like, how do well, I get these writer, jobs? you know, needs an editor. It wasn't just editing. It's just poor. Like, why do you keep putting commas? It's like, yes, I'm like, there was an old Charlie Brown where he's learning about commas and it's just every word has a comma, you yeah. know? Like, like, I had no idea of punctuation or... And I was already 40, you know, like, I mean, it was just, it, I'm a mess. So I'm, I'm fascinated that you can do 
you know, real writing and real reporting. And so I'm sorry I introduced you that way, and I don't know why you get upset by it. It's interesting that you say I don't know why I get upset either because I think you don't realize how um, impressed and fascinated other people are by that. And you go out and you do stories and you interview people and you you do stuff and then you put it in a cohesive structure. It's fascinating. Well, it takes time, but uh, I somehow managed to do it. That's true. Thanks. Do you hate talking into the mic? I mean, is it just oh, like... Oh, uh, yeah. I apologize. You forgot the mic was there. Yeah. I don't know what it is with you broads. You just don't it, like it, talking to the mic. Is it only me? No, it's everyone. It's Marina, Sarah, Rachel. It's people that are comedians that know how to use a microphone that for some reason forget it's there. Yeah. I guess I should be grateful because maybe they're just... We're having a conversation. It's like Howard where you just forget kind of you're on and yeah, you say yeah, something. Exactly. So I suppose it's uh, a compliment, oh, but yeah, I want I'm everybody to hear com- what you have to say. Yeah, I'm very comfortable with you. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Now, you but, actually... you. Um, I'm not going to go into detail but you really uh helped me the other the other morning i was oh, very you're sad i help a lot of uh women i also helped rachel that day too so she was know. sad about a boy as well yeah you know this is what i do i'm very good because i know men right. because i i, am, I know men too i'm a dick and uh i know what they're up to yeah and i know what their plan is yeah and when i can't figure it out i get nervous you know like that i'm like See, i don't I give know really good advice but I really don't take it. Yeah, you don't take it. Yeah, you're horrible. We give you good advice all the time and you never take it. Never. That's all right. You're learning. You're young. It's okay. You're allowed to do this. Let's say seven years from now. I would say seven months. Well, I'll give you like seven more years and then then you got to really put it together, you know, to be smarter. But um, that's the thing. So Monday night, we're at the Conan O'Brien. She kicks ass. Uh, We're hanging out, you know, me, you, Jeff Goldblum, Marina, you know. Yeah, just a couple of average folks. Just a couple of average Joes having a good time. Yeah. And then we go to go out to eat the the place oh, called the Village great. Idiot, and which was wonderful. And we just ordered a whole bunch. We just we ordered every appetizer on the menu. No, literally, that's which what was we super did. fun. That Except was for fun. the uh, I didn't want those pickles or something. No was, pickles. Something was weird. It was. But yeah, we ordered pickles. everything on the menu. Yeah. We had a great time. We're doing shots and drinking, having a good time. And then Jessica does. What Jessica Pilot does, Uh-oh. which is, I'm staying at my agent's house, and I got to pick up the key to walk the dog or something, wherever, and we're like, go ahead. But Jessica won't do it. She's like, he's got to bother everybody else. We're all having a good time. And you're like, I got to pick up the key now. Or we're like, go ahead. And they're like, yeah, I got to pick it up right now, or this guy's not going to get it. We're like, go ahead. Like, should I Uber? Yes, Uber. And so... Meanwhile, you know, then you feel bad for Jessica. You don't know what she's doing. Then she's like, then I, all of a sudden I think, oh, it's just a kid. She, I don't know what she's doing. She's in L.A. She doesn't know what day it is. Meanwhile, you know, she's smarter than I am, which is so smart because she makes me feel guilty where I'm like, all right, we'll drive you over there. We'll drive you it up there. We dri- It was a very big deal because oh. we drove you to the stupid place. And you made me park the car because no, I was sitting outside in the car. But then I had to park the car because you couldn't find the key, which was when I walked in, I saw it was sitting there. I mean, I don't know how you missed it, and I keep thinking you were doing it on purpose. I mean, you no. saw when I picked it right up, and it was just like, what? How could you not find this? But then the only reason I was really upset, because also you told fair, me there was I beer. I was a little tipsy at that point. There was what? I was a little tipsy at that point. I know so that. I couldn't locate the key. I get that, too. But you told you me there was could. beer, and there was stuff to drink up there, and I opened the refrigerator. There was be, nothing, I, so you lied to me I did not lie to, to get me to drive you home. And because I know, I you know, and then the reason I flipped out. No. So I got a fucking parking ticket for the five minutes I was up there. Holy God smokes. damn. You, <laughs> God 
damn, that makes me so angry. It's just so frustrating to get a parking ticket with a rental car in California. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But you didn't say you're sorry. The other, you yes, just kept going, and we're like, "Look, I'm done with you today." Because they're like, "Where are we going now?" And I'm like, "I don't want to see you. I'm angry at I you." Know. Because you know, then I think I'm like, I have this problem with men too, where I push and I push and I push. It's like abandonment issues, right? So I think it all just goes back to that. Well, it's funny because I was so angry at you, but I still can't be that angry with you because then I was like, "All right, let's go out." Like you know, me and Marina are just like Marina. I I didn't want to ruin her night. Like I didn't want to. No, she had she a good just night. on it was fine. No, she had a great night because she loves drama. So she loved every minute of it. Oh, you think? I didn't want. I was like, look, I don't want to ruin she Marina's does. night. It calms she's, her down, doesn't it? She, isn't when that other why people she, are fighting, isn't that why she that loves motherfucker? That's why she loves me, right? Because I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm a whirlwind of drama. You are damn good at the drama. You are good, but you. Um, it's a good thing I'm not an actress, though. You thank God, yeah. Oof. You'd be a good one though. Oof. But uh so then I was like, Look, I'm done with you. I just can't you just this you're home, you stay here. Yeah. I'm just you know, we're, they're like, Oh, let's and then you're like, Let's do karaoke. I'm like, I don't want to do anything with you. I don't want to see you anymore. And so um then we ended up going to this place that I love, this Tom Bergen's House of Irish Coffee. It's like an old man bar, but That's it's like awesome. cool. It was an awesome place, though, right? Yeah, you, you better not it, right? tell everyone because you're going to ruin it. I told you nobody listens, so we don't have to worry. You know what? About it. I think it's this is this podcast. This is the one that's going to get go. it going. It is. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would this be is, so nice. Unfortunately, Peter it's not Pan. The, Peter Pan. It's not the Sarah Silverman episodes, plural. Hey, even she's got six million listeners. She tweeted it to everybody. I got you know. Got a couple more. What, like two? Yeah. No, that one I got at like a thousand or fifteen hundred, which was nice. But she got six million listeners. Why am I want her a million? Right. More than a million listeners that day, or at least in the maybe twenty thousand, like you know, Sherrod has. <laughs> but I got you know. That was a like a very more. Sherrod laugh. That was scary. It was. Thank you. Yeah. Can you do that again? But anyway, we were at Tom Bergen's house for Carpenter. I remember. You're really good I was at not, doing impersonations. Thank huh? you. But I was not talking to you. And then oh yeah, you were funny. very angry. I just wasn't talking to you. I just wasn't talking. I'm gonna and ignore I her. Have I'm gonna it ignore I her. I don't like to be ignored. And I know that. And then um, it's so funny because I couldn't even. You got a drink, and I still said to the guy, "It's just let I will pay for it at time." I couldn't even let you buy a drink. I can't do it. I'm like a mess when I can't have a woman buy. I'm old fashioned. I can't help it. Like I couldn't. Then I was like, I gotta be nice. I can't. I can't not. I really want to be mean to you sometimes, and I just can't do it. <laughs> it's really frustrating. Well, thank you for being. A and friend. then you just only got a uh, seltzer anyway, so the guy was on the, on the house. I didn't. I thought you got a vodka drink. Why didn't you get a drink? Drink. Um, I think I had something to do in the morning, and I was pretty exhausted at that point. Now I hate you even more because you were being like, I had something to do in the morning, well, I and don't know. I just I let it to, go, I and to, I had to get up really early and fly, I and I, I still tired. like was, I was like, I'm not going to let it bother me, and. Because I, I think I was, you know, if I have too much to drink, I'm really obnoxious, like more obnoxious than I am, like just me. More obnoxious. Oh, so know, maybe you knew at that yeah, point that so it was over. I knew that it would be the tipping point. Yeah. Well, there was already the tipping yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. So, like, so that's why I wanted to have you on the show. I figured you could play. And I, I got to say. Are you bored? With no. Me? Bored with you? Yeah. No, you're fantastic. No, this is great. You made me feel this better about fun. that night because you kind of like apologized and you were like, oh, it was a little drunk. Like you, you, the way you're talking on this is the way I wish we could be all the time. But sometimes you, you know, you, you say things I, I just don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> oh, boy. Next week, 
Uh, NFL starts football. Love talking about it. Uh, very excited. Do the half football, half television. Talk about all the new series. I'm the last person that watches network television. Do you think there's only me and another guy I know that watch network television? Do you think we can f- somehow find a way to get paid for that since no one else is watching? Maybe that should be your other podcast. Well, it, 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 I make it this podcast. I mean, I just do right. half half and half. But I don't like talking about television. that. I mean, but I like talking about the new shows. And I like making fun of their descriptions and then playing um, this clip. I'm Greg Houston. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. What do you got for me? Okay. Here it is. The Graduate, Part Two. Oh, good. Yeah. So the scene from the player, where um, that's what every description sounds like. It sounds like they're doing uh, Buck Henry saying, "Okay, The Graduate, Part Two. Oh, good." Tim Robbins just you know stroking right. him along. That's what it sounds like. Every premise sounds you know all the new series and stuff. So I like to do that, but. Um, I think you should stick to sports, comedy, and um, gay porn. Okay. Listen, there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you as long as you're here because you're a woman and you're uh, interesting and you know about topics yes. and news. Um, first of all, why, why is Miley Cyrus still popular? Because she's got a great tongue. That's it? Just the tongue? She is a... I, I why is she still relevant? I find her be fascinating. Why? I like Tell her music me. too. Well, her music's okay, but I'm just saying, like, why is she hosting Saturday Night Live? Like, why are they so gung ho? Why was she on the 40th anniversary? I mean, why? Are you why? So bothered? I, d- I don't Do because I want to be still... Miley Cyrus. No, I used to really, I actually like uh, Hannah Montana a lot, but I just, I just don't know what she's doing lately. I, I mean, she got this new album out, and her songs are okay, but she's a, the, the sticking out of the tongue is. It's, bothering the hell out of me lately yeah, okay. it's too much well, right the tongue needs to go back inside the mouth but the uh, MTV th- ratings were the lowest they've been in a long time really yeah are you worried no I'm just saying you're young tell me why she's still relevant does anybody care about Miley Cyrus I think so she she's doesn't got, have the hits like Taylor lo- Swift does or anything you know what she's got a lot of uh, social media action and that's what it's all about just like you yeah that's all that's it Interesting. But she's also a good musician. She's actually can sing. It's not auto No, I agree. I agree. She really can sing. I just It's just odd they had her on the 40th anniversary of Saturday Night Live. You know, it's just weird. Like, why her? And why singing a, a Paul Simon song? You know, why not? Why didn't Paul why Simon not? sing it? Why didn't Paul Simon sing? Okay, well, I agree with you there. I would have loved to hear Paul he's, Simon. He's good. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of weird. That's all. Uh, to be on the... 40th anniversary that they, you know, like, like Lauren Michaels is so in love with Miley Cyrus. Right. That's the only reason that's odd. And I think she's hosting the season premiere. Is she? They love her. I can't figure it out. Maybe she must be a very nice person or something. It's the only thing I can figure out that he likes working with her. Please get her on the show. On this show? Yes. I'd love to have anybody on this show. (laughs) I mean, I just like having interesting people. That's the thing. The first six months of this show all I did was bash the show Mulaney with John oh, Mulaney yeah, yeah. and every Atel Rachel Lenny Market they all got angry at me because they say oh, Mulaney's such a nice guy why are you picking on him I'm like I'm not picking on him I'm picking on this show this show is horrible and they're like well he should come on the show I'm like I would love to have him on this show right. you know then watch me do a 360 and be like Mulaney you know I think you're wonderful I mean I would just <laughs> I, right. I know I would just I just like having interesting people on the show you know I mean I just, um, you know, I like to ask the, uh, the the probing questions. 
<laughs> do you, um, Chrissy Hind, you know her? Yeah. She has a new book. I don't know about her new book. I'm sorry. She has a new book. It's called, uh, she's uh, with the Pretenders. She's amazing. Chrissy Hine. Didn't she make a statement about um, rape? That's right. That's right. And she is, let me tell you something about Chrissy Hine. I mean, you you know this song, of course, but. Um, I mean, this is a, a legendary classic, but you have to understand about Chrissy Hine. Chrissy Hine might be the only female rock and roll writer performer like i mean you have heart but i mean their early stuff was rock and roll and stuff but i'm not sure how much of that stuff they actually wrote stevie nicks stevie nicks yes yes you're no you're absolutely right but it's not like the hard rock and roll that she is more prone to but yes stevie nicks chrissy hine the only female i mean cheryl crow is a writer but she's not she's not rock and roll who name one please tell me because i'm i'm not being Uh, talking to the mic please uh benatar I'm not sure if she writes all her own stuff, but I'm not positive. But you're I'm right. But, but Chrissy Hine was and Pet, and Pet Benatar writes songs that aren't as relevant now as they are. But Chrissy Hine's her stuff holds up. I mean, this song is is rock and roll and it's blues and a lot of women don't do it. So she's amazing. Right. I mean, really amazing. Joan Jett. Joan Jett. She, you know, I don't. I think she plays more than writes, and she didn't. You know. Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry didn't really write her own stuff. She had. Uh, her husband write a lot of the stuff, Chris something or other. I mean, these are rock and roll girls. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But Chrissy Hine, it's her band. Right. She's the front person. I mean, that's, I want to say rare. I don't think there's anyone else. It's her band, and she tells the guys what to do. You know, I mean, that. I don't know of anybody like that. So here's an example of, this is something you don't hear. This is um, Chrissy Hine and my favorite, Shirley Manson. From Garbage, oh, she's good. who worships uh, Chrissy Hine, but I'll tell you the second. Okay, fellas, this is the moment we've been waiting for. A fantastic singer and a gorgeous girl, a Scottish lass and a great pal, Shirley Manson. I just thought of another person. Yeah. Patty Smith. Yeah, yeah, that's Patty true. Smith. That's true. I didn't really know. Yeah. I don't really not familiar with any of her stuff, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, she's great. <laughs> but I am breaking. When are they gonna start? Okay. They do talk in the town together. It's a great song. So now I'm not supposed to like that song because she said something stupid. Uh. Is that the way you feel? I mean, she did say something stupid. I mean, that's what we're here no, to talk about. But I'm, no, 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 you don't. You see, so you still like the song. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad because I mean, you know what? I just I, this song is so amazing. What does it take to hate an artist? You know, if you really love well, the art. Well, but here, all she said was, um, "Did you hear uh, me?" Because like, what does it take to like uh, to, to hate, hate an, an artist? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jared Fogel stuff, Subway sandwich guy. That's what it takes. Or raping your mother or something right. like that. So she says, some va- rape victims have to take responsibility for what happens to them, especially if they're drunk or dressed provocatively. Now, guys have been saying that for years, and, and they're just treated as douchebags. And women groups are up in arms about this. And um, But she's what happened to her, apparently she was raped by a biker gang years ago. 
Biker said she would take her to a party. She was like 20-something. Instead, they took her to an abandoned house in Ohio, forced her to perform sex acts under the threat of violence. That's awful. Yes. But the motorcycle gangs were wearing shirts that said, I heart rape. So she's like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, if if the guy you're going out and says he's going to bring you to a party and his shirt says, I heart rape, or on your knees, um, I mean, you got to be a little smarter, right? I mean, I, I, now I'm, I'm in deep trouble here because I, I can this can go bad for me but yeah if if a guy's wearing an i heart rape shirt and you go with him on his bike Did somewhere they really wear an i heart rape shirt yeah oh, so she's saying i'm an idiot i was i did this i was young and sometimes 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 women have to take responsibility but of course you can flip that and say why are men always raping what is the matter with them right and men have to be smarter and not do that so it's weird because what she's saying is yes, but then what are you supposed to do? Women aren't supposed to dress up. Well, you're supposed to just look like a homeless person. You know what? Homeless people get raped too. They do. Yeah. I don't think I'd rape a homeless person. I don't think I'd rape anybody, but uh, rape is. I rape. think about it. There's no rapey clothes. You know what I mean? You don't have like an outfit to, you know, sure. That's an excellent point. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a rapey outfit or a rapey face or a rapey, you know, look. Well, that's why I always thought Sarah Silverman would never have to worry because her, you know, outfits are just horrible. (laughs) She's wearing, when she was on my show, she was wearing um, mechanic clothes. You know, I'm like, well, you won't have to worry about going outside after. (laughs) What does she say? She knows how it is. I mean, uh, how many times have I tried to dress this girl up? I, I go shopping with her a lot. You know, because I'm her bitch. And um, yeah. I'm like, why did you buy that? She's like, what do you think of this? I'm like, I think that would be quite quite a departure yeah. for Sarah Silverman. And then, of course, she's always going to leave with a polo shirt. Right. So, But, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, there is no rape clothing. You're right. If, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But, it, you know, we've talked about this in the show with Rachel because I said my old girlfriend got raped. And I was angry at her because, I mean, how many times did I have to tell her, please don't go to those bars by yourself? And that's when it happened in the Hamptons. The police were mad at her for the same reason I was. Um, so, I don't know. I guess Chrissy Hines is just trying to say, try not to put yourself in that situation. Don't go home with a biker gang, you know? I mean, that's what she's saying. I know maybe she's saying it the wrong way, but I guess, what happens if a girl says it who's been raped? Is that okay? Or is that still unacceptable? That's a good question. Um Sounds like she's had a. Sounds like she's um, maybe it was out of context. I mean, I don't think so. She's she's saying I'm taking responsibility for saying this. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's out of context at all. I, just, <laughs> I guess I'm only saying that because I don't like that she said it, and I I, I want to not associate that quote with with her music. I understand, but Chrissy Hine is so cool that um, that's why uh, think about this is. I I'm love still thinking the, about your ex-girlfriend. That's a that's pretty heavy. Yeah, we talk about it. If you listen to the yeah. one with Rachel, uh, mm-hmm. we talk about it. It was very heavy. Um, this guy, I'll never forget when she she told me a month later, because she didn't even go to the cops until four or five days later. She was cowering in our hotel room, oh my God. thinking, "Is it my fault? Is it my fault?" And then uh, this albino guy, she she always said it was like some albino because she was drugged. She was roofied. Oof. He bought her somewhere. I guess his house or whatever used iodine on her vagina and um, you know used a rubber so there's no prints there's no nothing and dropped her off 
somewhere else, maybe even back at that bar. I don't even know where. Like, he was, like, polite in a way. But she was raped and clearly against her will and drugged. And so then she didn't tell me later, and I was furious. I hit the fan, you know. And are you still mad? No, now I understand. But that was something I could not understand until she told me. There's a lot of guys out there that, you, you know, until I got... Until My greatest fear is getting raped. That's why I was sensitive when you said Oh, you're, you're too annoying to be raped. Do you remember <laughs> Attell said that, um, you know, if you got kidnapped, they'd return you in a second? Remember uh, <laughs> at Caroline's at that time? Because uh, he wouldn't even, you know, you'd get kidnapped just for being so annoying. You <laughs> said that about me? <laughs> Yeah. I forget. I can't remember. It was, he, he had the perfect words. My friend Steve remembers because we still laugh about it to this day. It has nothing to do with you. It's just a funny Atel joke, you know. Like, <laughs> but yeah, because you were you were so drunk that night. Do you remember at Caroline's? I think that's around when I first oh, met you, yeah. and and you were like on the floor. Oh, yeah, and, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, <laughs> it was a mess. But you know what? It was. So we were having a great time. It was I didn't a great care. night. Um. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand the waiting time and not wanting to tell somebody. I was somebody. on the floor in the green room. Yeah, Which sounds worse. No, Ooh. then you were in the lobby, what? too, in the bar area. Right. You were in the green room at first. I wasn't on the floor. You the... were on the floor. Why? You were drunk. You fell off the stool a couple of times. <laughs> I remember what you were wearing too. I think you were wearing shorts, but like stockings. Oh boy. And stuff. I, I remember that night vividly because I'm like, who is this complete nut job? So was that the first day we met? I. Th- no. I think it was. I think it was. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm a wild drunk. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've cleaned up well, my It was years ago when we were still friends. I know. Fascinating, really. Really fascinating. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, I just wanted one other thing about Chrissy Hine uh, because I love, I, I'm fascinated. I, I swear, I think I want to do a whole show on her because her music is amazing. Yeah. And like I said, we can't really pick out that many girls that wrote and recorded like hits, but rock it hits that are that stand the test of time. I don't think there's a lot of Patty Smith stuff out. I might be wrong. I don't really know her stuff. I don't think a lot of it you hear a lot. Better Google her. You know, you don't hear it on the on the jukebox or anything yes, like you stuff. Do. do you? Okay, tell me a song. What what's one of her songs? Because like what's one, one that I would know. Because oh, she does because the because the night. The, the, oh yeah, you're absolutely. Right. Did she write that song yeah. though? She did. Yeah. You sure? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So that's that's a great example. Um, but this is the. Um, this is Garbage, one of my favorite songs. Remember this one? I love Garbage and Shirley Manson. <laughs> and this is it. This is very, this is like a tribute to Chrissy Hine in a way, the, the, the way the song is. And, and they use Talk of the Town, uh, which was because Shirley Manson really, really liked Chrissy Hines, even though it's about something else. But they... Um, but it, think about it. It's like a tribute to a girl who wrote rock and roll. It's not a tribute to her, but it's still they they requested uh, her to. Can we use this talk of the town thing because it is a tribute to your song in a way? Right. And um, she said yes. I don't even need any money. And then even sent them a letter saying you have my permission to use it. She's like that cool. But when we played that thing before, when she bought out Shirley Manson and thing, you never see a girl rocker bring out another girl rocker like that. That's why I thought it was kind of fascinating. I want to bring out this lovely lass. You know, it's just, you always see guys bringing out girls or yeah. maybe girls bringing out guys like Taylor Swift could bring out Justin Timberlake or something. You never see a girl bringing out a girl rocker. They're both rockers. I mean, uh, Shirley Manson doesn't write her stuff, but she's still badass and cool. And Garbage was one of my favorite bands in the 90s. 
I went to see them live a couple times. Got so wasted. At that, what was that place? The Roxy or something? The um, place where you could go on the right-hand side. I had VIP tickets because my old girlfriend was performing before them. And so she gave us awesome tickets. We got completely hammered. But we were off from the other people, the suckers. A anyway. Uh, <laughs> are you saying I mean, you're hungry? Yeah, I am. That's fine. So am I. Okay, cool. Uh, but, <laughs> okay, continue. What, what, listen, it's almost over. Okay. I'm having so much fun. Are you? I don't you know. Made the, I you made my day. <laughs> Today was really... Um, actually, I've, I, this is the... You're the fifth person... The fifth element. You're the fifth person I've met today. I've been running around the city. At least I'm not running around Hollywood, right? Ugh. Oof. Are you going to move there? Only if I sell a show. Yeah, that's why I always said that, too. But mm. I'm still here. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, we are going to conclude um, today's thing. I just want to talk about one last thing, and that is the Mets. I am so excited. I can't even believe I'm able to talk about the Mets in a positive light. I'm a huge Mets fan. Um, I can't believe they're doing well, and they're probably going to make the playoffs. I would normally say they're going to make the playoffs, but after what happened in 2007 with the meltdown, I'm just not sure anymore, you know. But um, it looks like it's going to happen. I think I'm going to go to a couple of the games. You know, I got a week can period. Can I come to a game with you? Can I Can, can I uh, along? Your drinking is a problem. Oh, you take that back. You're My unreasonable. My parents are going to listen to this, and they're going to think I'm an alcoholic. I don't think you're an alcoholic. I just, you know, I, I just think you, you know, you're, you're, you become unreasonable. This is the one thing I don't like about girls when they drink. And there's guys like that too. But I'm just saying, I've met a lot of girls when they become unreasonable, it becomes unfun. You know, Rachel's an outstanding drinking buddy because she's still, you know, she's drunk, but she's not drunk, you know. But you become unreasonable. And that's, that's a problem. Uh -oh. Can't ration with you. You're adorable and you're a delight, but when you, you know, been drinking sometimes, it, it's it's not a lot of laughs for me. This is a really <laughs> sad way to end the. Episode. No, it's awesome. This is good stuff. This is the way a BBC show would end with kind something of. sad. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but I'm not sad. I think you're funny, and I'm thrilled that you have been on the show. I just want to um, say that um, we're this is. This we is the really, end. we this really got real, didn't we? I uh, do that. I love doing it. I love doing it. I love being funny. I love being uh, getting real. And uh, oh wait, wait. Let me as long as we're uh, doing that. Let me just play this one clip that I had. That's from Clueless. My oh favorite. My uh, <laughs> I was going to do that when we were talking about Marina's hair. But let's go back to my. Uh, my end theme For the music. record, can you just let my parents know that I'm not an alcoholic? I don't think you're an alcoholic. I don't think you're an alcoholic at all. I'm not saying that because your parents might or will listen to the show. I do not think you're an alcoholic. There, I, I don't think you have any problems with I'm just not a fun alcohol. drinker. Well, you are a fun drinker up to a point, and then you just, I think you just kind of lose it in the sense of, uh, I don't know, can't really I describe it, but you're not like a horrible person. I start person. texting boys and you don't, all that shit. You don't fall down. No. You don't make any problems like that. So Except once. It's just sometimes... When we ask you, you know, to leave, you know, you should probably just go. It's like, should I get an Uber? And then we say, yeah, you should get an Uber. Hey, do you guys think I should get an Uber? Yeah, you should probably get an Uber. So I should get an Uber? Should I get an Uber now? 
They just get the goddamn Uber. But if oh and if that's the only way you become unreasonable, it's really not that big a deal. Yeah, that but sounds good. Anyway, Jessica Pilot, everybody. JessicaPilot.com. Jessica Pilot's doing some very interesting stuff, not just with comedy, but with stuff. You also have some documentaries that you do and you pitch and you're trying I'm to sell shows. Show. And you're writing a show. <laughs> Was that your Barbara Streisand? Or? No. I'm sorry, but it does sound like her a little bit. Say it again. I like that I'm voice. writing a show. Who is that supposed to be? That's supposed to be me in 10 years. Oh, well, it's really funny. I'm writing a show. I'm running around Hollywood. I've got about five shows right now with development. You wouldn't even believe it. I can't believe it. It's happening. Everything's happening. I like that voice. All right. I like it a lot. Hey, but thanks a lot for doing the show. Right, Next week, you. we start week one of football. Oh, listen, this week, college-wise, I can't do my... Uh, my usual teases because my bookie now doesn't take 10 team teases anymore for the 10 points so I was going to spell out pilot today that's what I usually do or all these teams and P's so I can't do that or I'll find a way but I'm just making one pick this week and it's the funnest pick Hawaii plus seven and a half Hawaii plus seven and a half go rainbows <laughs> But yeah, I know. Anyway, next week football on television it doesn't get better than that. We might be at um, sessions the bar, but I haven't heard from Max. Otherwise, I'll just be here, and I don't care. And uh, we'll see you next week on the Dave Jessica Show. Jessica Pilot, thank you so much for coming. You're the best. Thank you. Love you. Love you too.